Welcome to day 183 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with uh, Cindy, David, and Matt. And uh, we're continuing our journey through the story of the prophets, uh, particularly in the prophet of Jeremiah. And of course, Jeremiah is covering a large span of time from the early revival of Josiah to the final exile of the kingdom of Judah into uh, you know, Babylon uh, under King Nebuchadnezzar. So we're right on the edge. There is still you know, hope for Israel to uh, repent and return, uh, but the inevitable is about to take place, and they're about to get swept up into God's judgment. Uh, but we'll even see you know, toward the end of the week God's promise of hope, even in the middle of judgment, that he is caring for his people, and he is holding them close to his heart. So we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 26, and as always, we uh, <clears throat> recognize what a wonderful gift we've been given in God's Word. And the warning of the prophets are, are not just simply a warning to a people long ago, but they resonate with us because we are, as Calvin has said, all people who have hearts that uh, are prone to idolatry. Uh, and uh, we recognize in ourselves our waywardness uh, from our own God and the call of repentance and return and warning that we find in the book of the prophets. So before we read, as always, uh, we read because we've come into the presence of the Lord to hear His heart, to know His will, uh, and to be transformed by His grace and His Spirit. So our desire is that God would uh, continue the work He began in us. So before we read, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word yeah. of prayer? <clears throat> Father, we do thank You for these words of Jeremiah. We thank You always that um, Your words are important, important for us to hear um, to understand, to apply. Um, thank you, Father. They are a gift to us. And may we read those words on the pages um, today as a gift. And may your Spirit use them in our lives to uh, deepen our love and our, our our faith in you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 26, <coughs> early in the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord. This is what the Lord says, Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's house and speak to all the people of the towns of Judah who come to worship in the house of the Lord. Tell them everything that I command you. Do not omit a word. Perhaps they will listen and each will turn from their evil ways. Then I will relent and not inflict on them the disaster I was planning because of the evil they have done. Say to them, this is what the Lord says, if you do not listen to me and follow my law, which I have set before you, and if you do not listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I have sent to you again and again, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh and the city a curse among the nations of the earth. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speak these words in the house of the Lord. But as soon as Jeremiah finished telling the people everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests and the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, You must die. Why do you prophesy in the Lord's name that this house will be like Shiloh, and the city will be desolate and deserted? And all the people crowded around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went up from the royal palace to the house of the Lord, and they took their places at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priest and the prophet said to the officials and all the people, This man should be sentenced to death because he prophesied against this city. You've heard it with your own ears. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things that you've heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I'm in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you'll bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on, these city, on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to speak all these words in your hearing. 
Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, This man should be sentenced to death. He has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Some of the elders of the land stepped forward and said to the entire assembly of the people, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah. He taught all the people of Judah, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill will be a mound overgrown with thickets. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, or anyone else in Jerusalem put him to death? Did not Hezekiah fear the Lord and seek his favor? And did not the Lord relent so that he did not bring about the disaster he pronounced against them? We are about to bring a terrible disaster on ourselves. Now Uriah, son of Shemaiah from Kiriath-Jerim, was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord. He prophesied the same things against the city and this land as Jeremiah did. When King Jehoiakim and all of his officers and officials heard his word, the king was determined to put him to death, but Uriah heard of it and fled in fear to Egypt. King Jehoiakim, however, sent Elnathan, son of Akbor, to Egypt, along with some other men. They brought Uriah out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who had him struck down with a sword, and his body thrown into the burial place of the common people. Furthermore, Ahakim, son of Shaphan, supported Jeremiah, and so he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. And so you have the story of three different prophets. And uh, this episode really takes us back to chapter 7, which is the first time uh, that we hear of Jeremiah being called into the temple courts in order to make these pronouncements. And so in chapter 7, you hear the sermon. Here you see the results of the sermon, and the results of the sermon are, are not exactly favorable. The people said, ah, we don't like that. Let's put him to death. And so you have a threat of death that's averted. You have an example of a prior prophet um, who also spoke these hard things, and the people repented, and uh, the Lord relented. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, a prophet who was not quite as, a for as fortunate. Under the same king, you know, that uh, you know, Jeremiah is currently prophesying under, or in this chapter is prophesying under, we're moving back and forth, you know, rapidly between different scenes. Mm -hmm. So we move forward a little bit, then we move back, you know, in time as far as that. But the same king who killed uh, Uriah is the king who's now reigning as Jeremiah speaks these bold prophecies against the city of Jerusalem. It's important, you know, just to note in this, it's not simply a, a dismissal of Jeremiah or, a, you know, seeking to shut Jeremiah down, but there's a great irony that the people are in the house of the Lord and it's supposed to be the leadership you know, of the the nation that is not seeking to just, you know, shut down Jeremiah, but God tells Jeremiah, speak these words and do not admit a word. You know, this is the word. That you, so we see that again and again, the people won't listen to the word of God. You know, they, they would rather put Jeremiah to death than to hear what the Lord has to say to them. And I mean, how terrifying it is that we can be in the house of the Lord and not hear the voice of the Lord. No, and of course, that's a you know, warning that, you know, carries all the way into the New Testament, uh, you know, uh, that in the latter days, people surround themselves with a myriad of teachers who tell them exactly what their itching ears mm -hmm. want to hear. And we kind of take the word of God and, and we, we take a lot of the sting out of it. Uh, we recognize as verses of comfort for ourselves and verses of condemnation for people who are not like us. Uh, when we need to hear both the comfort and the confrontation, you know, that, you know, that comes from Scripture. There is an irony here. The irony is that people are not following the law of the Lord, but they do want to follow the law of the Lord on this one instance mm -hmm. in killing Jeremiah, mm -hmm. who they're claiming is a false prophet. Of course, there's another irony there. They're listening to true false prophets 
and allowing them to live and, and pursuing you know the one true prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this really um, well, it's very convicting. It resonates, um, especially the part that you said. You know that we, often we want to our what we want to hear is good news and good things to come. Um, but I'm reminded that even though it's it's a um, a hard word and it is a prophecy. Um, the place is the same. It comes from um, a place of love, that the Lord loves them. And I have to remember sometimes that truth doesn't maybe always feel loving in, 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 you know, as you're initially hearing it, but the place that it comes from is, is one of deep love and of concern and care. And when you realize that, you can actually turn your heart towards that and trust it and, and take away the fear from no, that. No, our, our, our comfort is even... You know, as the prophets have already told us that our Lord is is one who bruises but also binds up, mm-hmm. uh, that all of his words, even his harder words, are, are healing. Mm-hmm. And even when we, you go to First Timothy and we, and we talk about the purpose of God's word, it's a, you know, rebuking, teaching, training, correcting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those do have a hard edge, but it is also that we can be fully equipped as God's people and prepared for all the good things, you know, that God has in store for us. Mm-hmm. So it is a... Uh, every every word of warning is a word of grace. Every mm-hmm. uh, every confrontation is a word of grace, and every word of comfort is a word of grace. It's the same God who has the same purpose, yeah. and of course, we'll get to see that purpose as we draw toward the end of this week. Mm-hmm. And we do get to see a little bit of you know what what the word seeks to do. It does confront us, and it does you know acknowledge our disobedience, but it also calls us to something. And I think that's one of the the hardest things with the word so often for me at times, you know, he talks about in verse, the, verse 13, when he's before the officials, you know, reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. You know, it's, we all kind of like want that, but then we also kind of don't want that, you know, like mm-hmm. I kind of like my ways sometimes, but yet the word of God comes and it confronts us and calls us to something that is different and it may not be exactly what we're desiring at that moment, but it is what we truly need and what is best and what God would desire of us. And then once you do walk in that though, you do find the joy of that, of, of the obedience, of letting the word do a work in you. But I, I know from my own experience, it's often something that I fight and resist and I see it here in, in the people as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, we do have the you know one nice you know one nice nice reference to the prophet Micah, who is our prophet Micah. By that I mean mm-hmm. uh, the author of the book Micah. And of course, the verses that are recorded here are recorded in you know in his you know short little prophecy. Uh, but the beauty of his prophecy was that Hezekiah heard it. He uh, relented and he returned, and the Lord relented, you know, from sending the judgment, you know, that he had pronounced. And of course, that's still the call. You, we're about a decade away, you know, from the final exile, you know, of uh, of Judah into the land of Babylon. Uh, but you still have this call, even though it's 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 imminent. You know, God's judgment is imminent. Reform your ways and your actions. Obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster He has pronounced against you. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's already told us through Jeremiah that he has no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked, uh, that he would rather that they turn to him and have life. And of course, that's always the invitation, you know, that we have in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And just wild how Jeremiah holds, I mean, in verse 14, as for me, I am in your hands, do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, though, however, you know, if, but yet he isn't even this difficult moment, you know, accepting of what they decide to do and trusting in the Lord. And that just seems so difficult. Um, 
and, pretty wild. And just a nice little historical note that, you know, Shafan, uh, Inu comes to his rescue, was also uh, one of the... Uh, one of the priests who was a part of Josiah's reforms as well. And you're going to see his sons and his grandsons have a, a deep you know, spiritual impact. Uh, you'll even see Gedaliah, who's going to be the governor of Judah, when you know, Nehemiah you know, returns. Uh, so you see a deep, rich heritage uh, you know, from, uh, from this family and from their you know, devotion to the Lord in this particular instance, uh, rescuing Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for its invitation to reform our ways um, and to look at our actions and to be obedient to the Lord. Um, Father, may you do that deep work in our hearts and our lives to make us your people here in this time and in this place um, for the building up of your people, for the advancement of the gospel, uh, and for the building up of your church. And we can pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.